for that reading. Let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, as I speak your word, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. These things we ask in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, Grace and I had a brief telephone conversation with my father-in-law in Malawi. Though there were some underlying health issues, that afternoon he was in good spirit. He sounded very well. The call ended, and that was that. Two hours later, I got to my phone, and there was a family group WhatsApp message, and it read, my people, dad has passed away. After a brief period of sobbing and mourning, Grace and I started thinking of what to do in this sudden death situation. It was in the middle of the month, thinking of arranging and paying for a funeral in Malawi. Being summer holiday, the flights were all full. And with a few seats that were available, the prizes was sky high, in a country where the tradition demands uh, that the dead be buried not later than 72 hours after death. It was a race against time. As we thought about all these things, Grace and I paused and committed all that we needed to do to God in prayer, and he did not let us down. The God we serve will never let us down. In fact, God never lets any of his people down. With help and prayers from family and friends, and especially you all, the congregation here, we were able to get away, to go away, to mourn with the family and to support one another. In our set gospel passage for today, Jesus and his disciples are planning to do a similar thing, to get away, to go away, seeking solitude. Matthew puts it this way. He said, when Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. The NIV Bible commentator Alistair McGrath says it was the news of the death of John the Baptist that Jesus heard and he withdrew with his disciples to mourn the death of John the Baptist. Other commentators say perhaps it was just to get away from the growing antagonism that was going on uh, uh, from King Herod, who was obsessed and who was unhappy about the crowds and the, and the crowds that were coming, the popularity of Jesus Christ. He was very edgy about all of that. So perhaps Jesus was going away from that tension. Some say he withdrew to spend time with his disciples to hear from them after their preaching tour according to Mark's gospel. But most importantly, he sought solitude, a place that was solitary, for his disciples to hear from him. Friends, it is important that we make time to get away from the hustle and bustles of life 
to be alone with God, to hear from God, to refresh ourselves spiritually, to refresh ourselves physically and mentally. Dr. Vance Havner, a revivalist preacher in the United States of America in the 1900s, said, I quote, if we do not come apart and rest in God from time to time, we will fall apart under the pressures of life. End of quote. This gospel passage that we're examining this morning highlights the need for taking time out to rest in Christ's presence, to spend time with Christ in his presence. The event of the feeding of the 5,000 is found in all the four gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it happened in an unexpected place, a place intended for rest. It is a story that speaks of God's compassion, of God's provision, and the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know what? That story has been recorded for us so that we can read it today and our faith in God, the provider, will grow stronger. In this story, we see the compassionate heart of Christ. Christ was moved by compassion. He had to cut short his well-deserved rest when he saw the crowds. The Bible said he had compassion on them. Because according to the gospel of Mark, they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were just up and down, harassed and uh, tired and wearied, uh, needing help. And what did Jesus do? When Jesus saw the crowd, he welcomed them. He forgave their sins. And he healed those who were sick among them. It is only when we are moved by compassion that we respond to people's need in a Christ-like manner. In the parable of the Good Samaritan that we are all familiar with here, Jesus highlighted that the Samaritan had compassion. He was driven by compassion to respond to the need of a Jew who needed help. Again, in Luke chapter 10, in the parable Jesus told about the prodigal son, he said the father had compassion on his wayward son and welcomed him back home. These parables, they all speak of the compassionate heart of our God. And if our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ had such compassion for people, should we not have that same compassion towards one another in this place and in this world? Where do you need to show compassion today? Who do you need to have mercy on? Who do you need to have pity on? Who do you need to forgive today? Jesus was moved by compassion. And so we, his disciples, he saw the crowds and he was moved by compassion. Let's imagine the scene here. A vast crowd was gathered around uh, Jesus, longing to hear from him, longing to hear his teachings uh, and to witness his miraculous work. That day, as the day draws to a close, uh, the people were growing hungry, sensing the need uh, for physical food. The disciples came to Jesus. They pulled him to one side. Come on, Jesus, we need to talk to you. Something is going on here. They said to Jesus, this is a remote place. It is already getting late. Obviously, we can see that some people may have been looking at their time, as we all do when the sermon is going on and on and on and on. And 
the service is going on and on and on beyond the recommended method. It's time. We start looking at our watches. I observed some people already looking at theirs now. I'm watching you. But obviously, some people may have been looking at their time here, as we do when things are going out of town now. I was watching an American quiz show titled Family Feud by Steve Harvey. He asked the question, what are the two places where people always look at their watches? The Soviet answered, well, number one, at the doctors. And you guess the second one? In church, you're right. So if you're there, you would have won the prize, and it was a car. At the doctors and at the church, people always look at their watch. I see why, because here even the disciples were looking at the time. It's getting late, they said. So send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. The disciples were quick, just like all of us here. We're quick to identify the problems. They identify the problems. It's evening. It's dark. It's getting late. They also surveyed the geographical location. And they quickly described it as a remote place, a place where God cannot work, a place where miracle cannot happen, a place where nothing can happen, a barren place they described it as. There were no vending machines there. There were no 24-hour supermarkets there where you can just walk in and buy some bread at Tesco and Asda and bring it all back. There were no delivery there to deliver the food. No KFC, no McDonald's. The disciples saw no sign of provision in that location. In their minds, this was not a place where miracles can happen. Are you thinking that way in your own life? Things are going beyond that point where anything good can happen. This story brings us to the realization that with God, nothing is impossible. And so their wise counsel to Jesus after discovering all of this, they pulled him to one side and they said to him, they whisper in his ears, Lord Jesus, send the crowds away. Like the disciples, many of God's people today, Often God puts an opportunity on our path to meet the needs of people, but we are quick to dismiss them. We are quick to send them away, but he doesn't. In fact, Jesus said himself in John chapter 6 verse 7 that whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will never send away anyone who comes to me, no matter how messy we are, no matter how run down our lives are, no matter what the situation in we are, when we come to him, he said, I will in no wise cast anyone away. And so he said to his disciples, no need to send these people away. You give them something to eat. You feed them. Again, what did the disciples do? Instead of looking to Jesus, they looked somewhere else. They failed to see that Jesus, were, they were in the presence of Christ from whom all blessings flow. They were quick to take an inventory of their limited treasury. Look at how much money they've got. They were quick to take an inventory of their food supply. Check the cupboards to see what we've got in the cupboards. You do that all the time, don't you? You get home from work, the cupboard dots are all swinging left and right to see what's in there. We only have five loaves and two fish. Someone replied, that's all. And it's not going to be enough. 
Jesus watched his disciples as they tried to solve the problem by themselves instead of turning to him. I can tell you now, in our dark moments, Grace and I turned to the Lord, and he made a way for us. When you face with grief, when you face with pains, with trials and tribulation, when things are not going the way you intend them to go, look to Jesus. He is the way maker. He knows what to do. According to John's account of the story, Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. But he asked his disciples so he could challenge them to exercise their faith and to teach them a lesson in obedience, in trust, and faith to surrender all that they have to him. There will come a time in our lives, each and every one of us, when we will all come to this place where the disciples are at this moment. That time will come in our lives when our faith will be tested, when our faith will be challenged, a place where you do not know what to do in a particular situation. But how blessed are we? How blessed are we to have a Savior that we can turn to, a Savior who knows what to do in every situation. Where we are inadequate, he is all-sufficient. Where we are limited, he is unlimited. Where we only have five loaves and two fish, he has got the whole world in his hands. The hymn writer John Newton said, I quote, with Christ in the vessel. What shall we do? The choir knows that better. With Christ in the vessel, we will smile at the storm. So make sure Christ is where? In the vessel. And my version of that will be with Jesus in the equation of our lives, things will add up. What have you got, he asked them. We only have five loaves and two fish. Notice he did not say to them, go and look for more. Go and find for more. Go and work more. Go and get some more. He did not say that. Rather, what he said to them, bring them here to me. And that is the title of the message. If you've got nothing from the message today, get those words from Jesus. Bring them here to me. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 began with a simple invitation. An invitation to come to Jesus just the way you are and with what you have. The prophet Isaiah re-echoed that theme to a tired and wearied generation. In our Old Testament reading, read for us beautifully by Papa, he said, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, eat. It is an invitation to bring ourselves to Christ just the way we are with what we have. Bring them here to me, he said. These words in Matthew's gospel changed everything in that story. I was reading it. I paused. I read it. I read it again. I paused. Well, let me tell you now, it's going to be a shorter sermon because most of it was done on the plane when I was flying back here. Everybody was sleeping. They were snoring. And I was writing a sermon. But you see, those words, when I read them, they changed everything. Bring them here to me. His skeptic disciples responded with, and to the invitation with simple obedience. And things were different from that point on. Friends, when we are stuck in our faith, the way out is to act in obedience to what he tells us to do in the scriptures. 
God can take our little and multiply it. The disciples had many excuses. We do not have enough money. This is the wrong place. This is the wrong time. Yet Christ took what they had and met the needs of the multitude. Friends, if we believe today, if we trust in him today, he will do the same for you and I with our limited resources, our limited time, our limited skills, our limited talents and gifts. He will do the same thing for us. Perhaps you are saying this morning you are in a remote place in your Christian journey. The things you hope to achieve, you haven't achieved them. And yet it seems as if time is running out. Time is not on your side. Bring that situation to Christ. The bread was placed into the hands of the ones who said, I am the bread of life. He would have fed the multitude without that bread. But he chose to use what was placed into his hands. What a privilege for that little boy. And a privilege for us today to place into the hands of Christ our limited five loaves and two fish, our limited resources, our limited understanding. We see here Jesus gave thanks for what was placed into his hands. He broke it and he gave it back to his doubting disciples to distribute. And what was insufficient, what was inadequate, what was not enough became an abundant provision for a feast to feed over 5,000 people in a remote place. We have launched our MI60 appeal to raise 60,000 pounds for the work of God here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. And Amma has spoken to us already about that uh, uh, this morning. We have launched that appeal uh, to raise that amount uh, so that we are able uh, to meet the needs that we have got here in mission. My question to you this afternoon of that 60,000 pounds, what can you place into the hands of Christ so we can reach out to the multitudes out there in mission? Your 10 pounds, your 100 pounds, your 1,000 pounds in the hands of Christ will make a huge difference. Freely you have received all the blessings you have got. All that money in your bank account, all those properties, all those assets, God has given you the ability, the strength to accumulate them. Really, we are inviting you to place into the hands of Almighty God what you can. Pray about it and what you can, you can place it into his hands. People in the world, are in the wilderness of life, like sheep without a shepherd, and we have been commissioned by Christ to feed them, to help them. And so as I conclude in this message, may the story of the feeding of the 5,000 inspire us to practice compassion, to forgive one another, to welcome people into our lives. May the story of the feeding of the 5,000 inspire us to surrender ourselves and all that we have into the hands of Almighty God and to trust in the abundant provision of our living creator. As Jesus fed the multitude with the little boys, five loaves and two fish, may we also strive, strive very hard to be a channel of God's love, to be a channel of God's grace, to be a channel of God's provision in the lives of those around us and beyond. Amen. 
Now we sing together that great hymn, saying, Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. And ask God to guide us and guide us in this life's journey. Let's stand and sing together. Guide me, O. Oh.